Hi friend, I'm John Carter. Welcome today to The Carter Report. Our topic today is the death of Darwinism. Listen to this statement from, believe it or not, the Australian Weekend Review. We are as significant as the eighth billionth grain of sand beyond the final palm tree in the most distant oasis in the Sahara. My guest today is a distinguished scientist, Dr. Don Johnson has two doctorates, a PhD in chemistry from Michigan State University and a PhD in computer and information sciences from the University of Minnesota. The topic today is the death of Darwinism. Thank you for joining us. Hi, I'm John Carter. My wife Beverly and I were watching television the other night, watching the news, American news. They told us that the church in North America is actually shrinking. They said that atheism is the fastest growing religious movement today in North America. And people are saying, what on earth can we do to save the church? Well, of course, Christ died for the church. He saved the church. But what they mean is, how can we keep the church as a vibrant force in the world today, in Australia, in America, and in Europe, and in the rest of the world. Let me tell you a little story. John Wesley was one of the greatest preachers that the English-speaking world has ever heard. John Wesley came upon the scene of the, of the church in England a few hundred years ago when the church was dying. Like the church today, it was a shrinking church, but the people in the church were in a state of denial. They refused to accept the reality that the church was dying. John Wesley did something that uh, other people said couldn't be done. He revived the church through public evangelism. Did you hear that? He started to preach Christ, he preached the Bible, and he preached out of doors and indoors, and the church was saved. Not only did he save a lot of souls, the souls of sinners, he saved the souls of the saints. Please join me, my friend, in evangelism. It's what Jesus did. Write to me, John Carter, Post Office Box, 1900 Thousand Oaks, California. In Australia, write to me at the address on the screen at Terrigal in New South Wales. Join me, my friend, in preaching Christ. Join me in public evangelism around the world. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Welcome today to The Carter Report. Our topic is the death of Darwinism. And my special guest is Dr. Don Johnson. Dr. Johnson, welcome here today. Thank you. We are delighted to have you here today. You would probably know that many evolutionists say that all scientists in the world believe in evolution. Uh, but the very fact that you are here today with two PhDs from two Great American universities shows that that statement is absolutely false. But you would, you'd expect that from people who believe in evolution because evolution is a religion. Tell me this, doctor, you're an, an authority on this, a world authority. What exactly is evolution? Well, evolution has different meanings. Theoretically, it means change over time. And that can be related to lots of different scenarios. There's cosmological evolution, how the 
supposed Big Bang created everything and and formed planets and everything else by itself. By itself, yeah. all by itself. Mm. Yep, and. The, that formed chemicals and chemical evolution ultimately got more and more complex to develop into the first living organism, supposedly. And that first living organism is what all biological life comes from. And then we get into biological evolution. You've told us what evolution is. What is microevolution and what is macroevolution? Microevolution is the modification, adaptation of a, within a species. So a species can adapt itself to changing environment. That's microevolution. That, that is not denied by anybody that I know of. So you believe in microevolution? Oh yeah, I yeah. believe in microevolution. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, macroevolution, that is the original life form uh, developed through everything descended from that ultimately, from the original life form to mammals uh, ultimately to man uh, through the from from the goo to the zoo to you <laughs> <laughs> say that again from the zoo from the goo to zoo to you basically that's basically that, that's basically macroevolution and that's what people think of when they think of evolution and so when darwin came up with the theory which it is or the religion of evolution, it was the idea that things started from something that was of tiny apparent consequence, a very simple thing, and that became uh, an animal, yeah. and that became a hominid, and that yeah. became a human being. Is, is that what evolution That's what is? evolution basically states, and, and evolutionists don't, they try, they try to say we don't know what caused the first life. And they don't know. They don't know. There's I, no way to know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that, then once it started, everything developed from it. But that's the big problem, isn't it? I yes. Was, I was listening to Professor Richard Dawkins uh -huh. the other night, and he had the honesty, of course, to say that we have no idea, he said, how life began. He said we are here, and therefore it is proof that life did begin. and he even believes in the idea, as you would know, of panspermia. Yes, panspermia was developed by Francis Crick, among others, and, and uh, Fred Hoyle and others that believe that we were seeded from some other distant place in the universe. Now, why would they say this? Why do they have to have panspermia? Because that pushes off the problem to some place that we can't look at. It doesn't eliminate the problem. It doesn't eliminate the problem, but it does push it back to where it won't be examined and that, well, it must have happened that way because we're here. And, and also, there's not enough time, according to their timescales, for evolution to work on this planet. So after the Hades period, they have, they believe, about a hundred million years for it to go from goo to zoo to you, or rather, at least to go from the goo to a, a simple cell. Right. And it is generally conceded that's not enough time, and therefore life had to come from another planet. Is that true? That is basically true, yes. The problem is information kills that because everything in life is controlled by information. And we're going to talk about this. Yes, we The will. great information highway. Uh, doctor, tell me about yourself. Well, I became very, very interested in science uh, at age eight. 
I started reading science books. I would be consuming popcorn and eating science books every night. And uh, whenever I'd bring my questions about science and how it related to Christianity to my parents or teachers, uh, they wouldn't be able to answer my concerns. Mm. And um, I became a staunch evolutionist by age 10. Where were you brought up in America? You are an I, American. I'm an American. Yes. In the, in, in the Midwest, uh, Wisconsin. That's a great place. Oh, yeah. I, I like it. Yeah. And, and what about your parents? My parents were Christians. Uh, they, were, uh, my far they were farmers, and uh, my dad was a machinist as well. They were the people who built this great oh, country. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's the heart of America, the Midwest. Yes. Hardworking farmers. And so you're an evolutionist, a person who believes in neo-Darwinism by the age of 10. That's correct. <laughs> and then what happens after that? Well, my Christian faith, thankfully, started at age 12. Uh, well, I was taught in a Christian home, but at my, I accepted Jesus as Savior at age 12. But for another 18 years after that, I continued to believe, teach, and defend Darwinism because evolution was what was taught in science. Is this and I was interested in science. Were you doing your PhDs during that time? Yes. And sometimes I was thankful that I did believe in evolution because I could answer the questions in a manner that was compatible with evolution because I thought it was true. Did you know this, Doctor, that 95% of young people from evangelical Christian homes who go to secular universities like you did, and they're taught the theory of evolution, 95% of them give up their faith and they become unbelievers. I believe that is true. I read that, I think it was last year. And what was really also interesting, there was a, a survey of scientists that was given last year. Mm. And it surprised me because in this survey, 72% of the scientists in the United States profess to be born-again Christians. Amazing. And that surprised me. But that's not in the universities. In the universities, in science professors, mm -hmm. less than 2% yes. were, were uh, mm. evangelical and Christians. And so uh, we're here today with Dr. Johnson at the Carter Report program. If you're a young person going to a secular university, we want you to hear this material today because we're talking scientifically about the death of Darwinism. Doctor, tell me this. Yep. Darwin predicted that an innumerable number of transitional life forms would be found in the geological column, the so-called missing links. After 150 years and the cataloging of millions of species, what is the real situation in the geological column? So far, nothing of a true transitional form has been located, although several have been claimed. Uh, but of the millions of fossils that have been found, millions. literally billions of fossils, yes. in uh, not only scientific explorations, but in deep mining in, uh, diggings and, and tunneling and so forth, you know, there have been billions of fossils. And what the fossil record actually shows is stasis. Yes, <laughs> that stasis. When a, when a, when a uh -huh. uh, fossil appears in the fossil record, it stays the same 
until it either goes extinct or exists the same today. It arrives, endures, and disappears. Right. Uh, let me read you this statement, and I'll ask you a comment on this. Stephen J. Gould, you know about him, one of the greatest evolution, one of the greatest scientists. He said this, in any local area, a species does not rise gradually by the steady transformation of its ancestors. It appears all at once and fully formed, that's in his book, The Panda's Thumb. Give me your comments. He is a proponent of punctuated equilibrium. And a famous one. Where, where, where everything that, that the evidence shows, everything appeared suddenly without any ancestors. And that's what the um, fossil record actually shows. The biggest event is in the Cambrian uh, rock, the very lowest yes, level yes. that contains any fossils at all. Basically, all bodily forms, uh, more than 70% of them that exist today, suddenly appeared without any predecessors at all. Even Richard Dawkins said it's as though the invertebrates <laughs> were just planted there without any evolutionary history. He even used the word once, did Professor Dawkins. He said, it appears as though they were created. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. An amazing yeah. thing. Uh, my friend, you're listening and watching The Carter Report. We have with us today Dr. Johnson, a gentleman with two PhDs in the sciences. We are talking about the death of Darwinism, the death of evolution, that I personally believe is the greatest hoax in the history of the human race. Don't leave us. We're going to have a little break now, but we'll be back. God has his time and his place for everything. And the time and the place now is Latin America, including Cuba. Time magazine talks about the second Protestant Reformation and describes how hundreds of thousands, even millions of Latinos are coming to the gospel of Christ. I'm not an armchair theologian. I'm speaking according to experience. I've seen it with my own eyes. Recently, we went down to El Salvador. There I spoke in the largest football stadium in Central America with the biggest crowd that that football stadium had ever, ever seen. They came not to see a football match, but to hear about the blood of Christ. Millions are coming to a knowledge of God in Latin America. Doors are opening in Cuba. Who knows? We may be going to Cuba soon. As the doors open, by the grace of God, we are going to step through those doors. And we want you to step through those doors with us and be part of our team for such a time as this. Please write to me, friend. Don't put it off. Write to me, John Carter, Post Office Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. In Australia, write to me at Terrigal, New South Wales. Be part of the Second Reformation. Join us and see the miracles of God. Amen.
Welcome back to the Carter Report. This is a great program with Dr. Dr. Don Johnson, a scientist with two PhDs, and he does not believe in evolution. Our topic today is the death of Darwinism. Now, Dr. I've read it from Darwin over and over where he has said in his day they had not found the missing link. They hadn't found any transitional species. But he said that, that was because they hadn't had time to check them out. Uh, but he said, in coming time, my theory will be demonstrated to be true. 150 years have gone by and scientists have discovered paleontologists as they've gone into the into the rocks of the earth, they have discovered millions of different species. And Stephen Jay Gould, perhaps the greatest paleontologist of the 20th century said, there are no transitional life forms in the geological species. If this is so, this is the death knell of Darwinism. Please comment. Uh, many transitional forms supposedly have been found, like the PBS program uh, had a two-hour thing, What Darwin Never Knew, mm. and they had mm. about a 20-minute excerpt of that was devoted to the tectolic fish that supposedly had fins that could have been limbs, and therefore this was touted as the transitional form. The missing link. The missing link between, between fish mm and tetrapods, four-limbed mm. creatures, mm. which would have been, well, and that's what they taught for several minutes in this video. Yes. But what they could have said, and, and uh, what about a, two years later, they discovered a completely formed tetrapod that was dated as at 100 million years older than the tectolic. How embarrassing. So they, they really couldn't, do anything about that, but they should take down that video. <laughs> of course they should. But they don't. No, because Darwinism has become, Doctor, not just a science, not a so-called science, it's a pseudoscience, it is a religion. And all religions, well, let's say virtually all religions make these statements of faith mm -hmm. and they have dogmatism and everything else. And these people are very slow to take back what they have said. Now, you know, of course, about Professor Leakey and Lucy. Mm -hmm. uh, he said that uh, Lucy was the ancestor of the human race and uh, she was a hominid. And this came on PBS. You were talking about PBS a moment ago. And so it came on PBS. Professor Leakey, uh, we're descended from Lucy. Before his death, the great Professor Leakey said, I made, he was an honest man, he said, I made a tremendous blunder. We did not come from Lucy. He said, the amazing thing is that the human race emerges quickly, apparently without any ancestors and no missing links. That's what the fossil record shows. That's what uh, other things show as well. Now, you've got a PhD in computer science and information. Mm -hmm. You know the text in the Bible, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word or the logos. Mm -hmm. And so the Bible says, in the beginning, you have information. Darwin says, no, not in the beginning do you have information, you have chaos. 
Please comment. I certainly believe that information is preceding life uh, because life is totally around information and its processing. Uh, the thing that biology is not a physical science like chemistry and physics, biology is really an information science because everything that makes it biology is controlled by the digital processing of information. I don't think too many people understand that, so would you say it again? Sure. This is not important. This is super important. If you're a university student, you've given up on God because of the Darwinian hoax. Please listen to the statement by the doctor here on information. Doctor, say it again. Information is uh, the, the thing that controls all of the metabolic and reproduction and everything else that is involved with life, all the manufacturing of, of proteins, everything about life is controlled by the processing of digital information by biological computers. And every cell of the 100 trillion cells of your body has literally millions of real computers and real computer programs. How many cells? Over 100 trillion cells in your body, a human being. And every one of them uh, is controlled by the, every cell has millions of real computers and real computer programs in it. Uh, this is quite astounding. And this is the death knell of Darwinism. How complex, now you're an authority on this, information. How complex is the human genome? More complex than we are even, we can even tell at this point. Uh, the six billion nucleotides along the DNA strand, uh, one molecule of DNA is about six feet long and it weighs only about a trillionth of a gram. And in that, that uh, DNA strand, are all these uh, nucleotides, those are the, the mm. letters along the DNA, mm -hmm. the ACGT uh, abbreviations. Every one of them, that's digital. And as we know from the big switch to digital TV, digital is better. Life knew that from the very beginning because it is digital. So it is digital. It it's, is digital. It's not analog. It's not analog. It's digital. And, and there are multiple codes within life for, for translation, for communication, more than 20 different arbitrary codes. Uh, coded information is very important. Like, for example, a zip code. There's nothing magical about a five-digit number that would specify a particular post office. But yet, it is arbitrary as to what five digits are attributed to a particular post office. So the one you send mail, if you put the zip code, it'll get there. And that's purely arbitrary. And the same arbitrariness, there's nothing physical dynamic, there's nothing from physical laws or chemistry laws or anything else that makes these codes. A coded message is something that requires the sender of the code and the receiver of the code to both agree as to what its meaning will be. If you don't have that, you don't have information transferred. And life has more than 20 of those coded information. In fact, even further than that, they have decoded some of the coded messages that are sent. And inside of a coded message, 
is another de-encoded message. You're talking about the human body. Yeah. You're uh, talking about the human genome. In the genome, uh -huh. when it sends the, the message from one place to another, it's done through using codes. And those codes are purely arbitrary. The most familiar one is the codes that specify the, the, for the construction of proteins from the amino acids. That's the most familiar one. And you have 20 different amino acids that are, that are used, and there's a three nucleotides will specify which amino acid is going to be put into the protein for every protein construction. But that's a computer program that is processed during the construction of a protein. And your body uses over 100,000 proteins. Each one is manufactured by that same process. The neo-Darwinists, like Professor Dawkins, will tell me we are the product of time plus matter plus chance. That's what it comes down to. And that out of chaos came information. Let me ask you this, Doctor. Does it take more faith to believe in evolution than it does to believe in the scriptures that say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth? I believe it does. Because there's, there's no, no evidence from science that would support the claim that chaos or random processes can create information. Information, as far as we know, only comes from some activity of intelligence. It cannot arise by any other me means other than the type of information that would be called chance contingency. Like when you roll a die, for yeah, example. Yeah. Yes, you, chance you, contingency. Chan well, you, you don't know what, no, which one, no. one of six numbers are going to yeah. come up. And this is what evolution is based upon. Chance Basically, con yeah. chance contingency, yeah. Yes. But there's, that can produce data, but it cannot produce meaningful functional information. And you're sure of this? I am sure of that as an information scientist that it cannot produce meaningful information. Tell me again, because you know, you're the expert here, how much information is stored in human DNA? In DNA, it's about 12 gigabits of information uh, in the what DNA does that mean? itself. Well, that, that means if you had, for example, DNA is the most uh, information-rich substance known on this planet. Mm, amazing. Uh, if you had uh, one strand of DNA from every person who has ever lived, mm. all of that information would fit into a teaspoon. Now, th that this, DNA. Th this has the information to make billions of people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you could encode other information using the same process that DNA uses to encode information, that same teaspoon that holds all the uh, DNA from every person that has ever lived would also hold all of the books that have ever been written. We're going to be back in the next program with Dr. Johnson, but you're watching the Carter Report, and we're talking about the death of Darwinism. Please write to me, John Carter. There's the address on the screen in Australia, in America.
we believe in the Bible and we don't believe in the Bible, my friend, because of blind faith. We believe in the Bible because of the overwhelming evidence. Thank you for joining us today. Write to me soon. Let us put this DVD into your hands so that we can help people to know there's a God who loves them. Thank you for joining us today and God bless you.